0: The tale of old Jonas, he was swallowed whole by a whale, that's a good tale, but this ain't that tale, this is Listener Mail, Listener Mail. It's Topics, and this is uh Listener Mail. I'm Mike Showalter, and I'm here with Michael Ian Black. I noticed you went with Mike Showalter for Listener Mail. I like that, it's a little zippier. Um, Kevin writes to us, Mike, he says mm-hmm. he's part of three different topics, study groups mm. and, and he, and he's wondering for the meetings, if there should be a dress code.
1: Hmm. Well, I know how I feel about this, which is the spirit of topics is the only rule is there are no rules. So my instinct is is to say, no, of course not. You should, you should wear whatever you want to wear. To a study group. On the other hand, if it were my study group, I would want to feel like I was dressing for the occasion. And for me, if I'm doing, if I'm putting on my thinking hat, you know, that might literally mean putting on a special hat uh, that I designate as my thinking hat. So I know when I enter that space and I put that cap on my head, I'm there to think. Mike, what are your thoughts
0: on this? Um, I think. I I, I think that um it's always nice to dress for the occasion and um you know i think i really believe that it's up to the groups themselves to decide um what they want to wear i don't think uh it would be in our best interest to try to dictate how people should should dress i know that there's a group in columbia south carolina that is a it's a formal study group and they're wearing jackets and ties and the women Mm -hmm. were wearing dresses and heels and um but then we've got our we've got our edinburgh scotland
1: group and and to go the other end they're clothing optional
0: yeah so i mean i think i i think that it it really it's really up to the group to decide and and i think that's part of what makes the study groups great is that it's a really um decentralized kind of uh, system that we're working on so matt uh rubio writes to us and he says um he, he says he has a problem. He wants to discuss the topics mentioned on the podcast, but he's recently moved to Toronto and he has no friends to start a study group with to further these discussions. Can you discuss how to make friends when you're a fish out of water and maybe talk about the importance of friendship? Um, I guess he's suggesting that that be a topic for the show. And then he says, thanks so much. He loves listening to the show.
1: I'm I'm writing down friendship right now as a, as a possible future topic because I think that's a great idea. To answer your question, uh, in terms of making friends in a new place, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. I was an army brat, um, so my childhood was spent moving from army base to army base to army base. And, and when, when, you,
0: when, when that's your childhood, I would imagine you have to learn, you pretty much have to learn how to make new friends easily. You learn, you learn very quickly. And the thing, that, if I could give you one lesson, um,
1: and one lesson only, it would be this. Be the first person to say hello. Just stride right up to somebody, stick out your hand, and say hello. And you'd be amazed at how far that gets you. Some of my best friends I met that way. Some of my very best friends, like Um, Tony, like Tony and Eugene and uh, Ken.
0: Uh huh. That's great. Move on to a question here from Carrie. Uh, Carrie writes, he's writing to ask for our help in settling a disagreement between his wife and me that has cast a frosty pall over their marriage of 16 years. Mm. He says that while having dinner with his children, who are 12 and 9 years old, he attempted to engage them in in a discussion of several topics. His wife began shouting, potato, potato which is a secret signal between them that means stop what you're doing at once. Later that night, she told me that she feels that her children are too young to discuss topics. He feels that topics are natural and healthy, and we should begin the discussion of topics in the safety of our home. After all, we can't control everything our kids are exposed to, and we can assume kids are going to discuss topics with their friends on the school bus and in the playground, whether we like it or not. So his question is this What is the best age to begin introducing topics to our children? And is there a best way to start that conversation? And oh he,
1: boy. Yeah.
0: He says he's hoping that you'll find time to answer my question as it as he thinks it contains a universality that will appeal to your married listeners. And I, I gotta mm-hmm. say, I think he's really uh he's really hitting on something very evergreen with this mm-hmm. with this question. This feels like a very ever going evergreen question
1: well it's a it's a question that uh, you know frankly, I've been doing my best to avoid because it's such a it's so touchy and, and everybody approaches it differently. When do you start introducing your children to topics? Um, I don't know. do you want the short answer or the long answer? Uh, the short answer is, you know, when you think they're ready. The long answer is. There's no wrong time, there's no right time, Um, you know, children have, they're incredibly adaptable. They have uh, brains that are, are capable of absorbing information like sponges, they just soak it up. So, you know, you may feel a little uncomfortable introducing the idea of topics to a dinner table conversation. But I think you'd be amazed at what your children are ready for, even when you might think they're not. Mike, do you have anything to add?
0: I think you really, you really summed it up. Um, this is an interesting one. This, this comes to us, Mike, from David Iacono. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you read this, this no. letter? So listen to this. He says, wow, I have no idea what I've just listened to. And, and he's, and he, the, he's talking about the Paul Rudd episode. Oh, uh uh-huh. So he says, I have no. This, this,
1: this episode was the small stuff.
0: Correct. And we had our, uh, uh, funny man, Paul Rudd joined us for that episode and was, was really fantastic and gracious. And it was great to have him on the show. So he writes, I have no idea what I just listened to. I've listened to many podcasts over the year. He says, I heard Mr. Black on the Pointless podcast. What was that?
1: That's a podcast that I did that's uh, hosted by Kevin per- Perrier, who oh. uh, created uh, Attack of the Show.
0: Oh, cool. So he says, so he thought he would enjoy the Topics podcast. He says the, the Paul Rudd episode was the first podcast he'd heard. And he says, holy crap, what did I get myself into? A comedian joins a podcast and the comedian makes a joke. Mr. Showalter gets bent out of shape and sweats the small stuff. I don't know if if Mr. Showalter is a miserable human being or if the interaction was contrived. The end Mm. of the podcast felt artificial. I was unsatisfied with either outcome. Mr. Showalter is a jerk or this was all a ruse. Mr. Mr. Rudd is not above anyone else, but Mr. Showalter managed to turn a fun-loving person into an apologetic coward. That is the most uncomfortable I have been listening to a podcast. Listening to that episode was like watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This podcast was such a waste of my time, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe I learned that the topics podcast is not for me. Mm. And then he wrote, I am not trolling you. This is honest and private feedback that is being d- delivered directly to you. I mean no offense. This is purely how I feel. Best regards, David Iacono.
1: That's a lot to take in. Um, you know, Michael, I, I, I feel like you should really respond to this since it was mostly directed your way.
0: I, I responded to David privately in the email. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I think he needed to hear about the show Mm -hmm. and about what kind of a show we're doing. And I think that without going too far into detail, I think David made a, maybe didn't totally understand what we're doing on this show. And, Mm -hmm. and maybe he didn't understand exactly what he was listening to because he heard you on the pointless podcast. And I think maybe he came into listening to topics with unrealistic expectations of what he was going to be hearing. Right. Right.
1: Well, you know, I, I do think that we make uh, an effort every episode to very clearly state that this is two comedians. Yes. But we're talking about serious topics in a serious way. And if I could put my spin on what I think happened in that episode and what I think he's referring to, Paul made what I think he thought was a kind of offhanded remark about the film Death Becomes Her. Uh, while Michael Showalter was making a pretty serious point. Michael, you know, right, rightfully or wrongly, um, called him out on it and said, hey, you know what, Paul? There's a time and a place. Um, that moment passed, and then it happened again with a different, uh, a different uh, movie, movie movie reference and things get, did get pretty heated. And, 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 and I have to take some responsibility because I absolutely contributed to this. I was making my own jokes. Um, and Michael, Michael knows that I wrote him a letter not an email, an actual letter afterwards, uh, in which I, you know, apologize to him and, and, uh, yeah, it was. It, you know, David's not wrong. It was and, uncomfortable, and, and, and
0: Paul apologized. I should say, Paul apologized as well. Um, yeah, we and 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 you know, in
1: terms of our relationship, everything's the three of us is fine. I mean, we 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 broke bread together after that. We had a long sit down. We got uh we got the uh, uh, back room at Frank and Muso's in Los Angeles, and and had a a a long 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 conversation over a pretty good meal. About what happened and, 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 and in the end we're fine.
0: Yeah. And um, I, and I, I do want to say, I mean, I have no beef with Paul. I have absolutely no beef with Paul. No. Um, you know, he's a great guy. He's a funny guy. Um, and I, you know. He crossed the line. That's all. You know, everybody crosses
1: the line once in a while. And yeah. He, he definitely did at that time. And, uh, you know, I was, I was right there next to him and I, I have felt terrible about it ever since.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so Yeah. Well it's weird to end um a listener mail segment on on uh on that. Well let's take one more just because okay, sure. this this is from Steven Harris and he's writing to us from Melbourne, Australia. And I feel like if you're gonna make the effort to write to us from Melbourne, Australia, then we should probably make the effort to answer <laughs> to you. To respond to respond. Absolutely. It's a long way for that email to go. <laughs> he says uh, that he's been thinking about God a lot. Mm. And he says, forgive me. He says, please forgive me if you've already touched on this topic. I guess he, he's probably not listened to every episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, do either of you believe in the existence of God? Mm. What do you think? What, what, would you, what would your answer to that be? Um,
1: you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a theologian. I don't pretend to be a theologian. I will say this: um, I and, have a and, lot of.
0: And by the way, I don't think that that being a the- theologian is a any kind of a prerequisite for having no. A pe- but opinion. but uh, I I
1: I have what I think might be considered some I don't know out there thoughts about this question, which is why I prefaced it by saying I'm not a theologian. Uh huh. Um, I don't know if there's a god. Uh huh. But my personal belief and i'm only speaking personally right now is that if there is a god you know i don't think he's you know some old white guy on a on a sitting on a throne uh-huh. okay uh-huh i i feel like god can be anything you know god oh, could wow. be
0: that's so interesting
1: yeah i mean i look around and you know you know god could be the leaf on a tree oh my god Mm-hmm. And you're using that expression, "Oh my God!" But that's, you know, it's it's uh, God could be God could be the sound of a babbling brook or or or, or 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 children's laughter. I never feel closer to God than when I'm hearing my own children laughing.
0: What do you think? I think I, I agree with you, and I mean, I I feel like there's this kind of. <sighs> I feel like this society, this kind of westernized culture, has kind of foisted um, on us this this vision of God as this kind of patriarchal yes. um, robe wearing uh, hegemonistic yes um, man, oh. ca- Caucasian man with the yes. beard and the robe. And the scepter, and he's yes. he's looking down on uh, on the Earthlings as if we're all his his minions. Yes,
1: and, so hegemonistic.
0: And I feel like God, and and it's very much of a consumerist. Are you looking yes. up hegemonistic? No, of course not. Um, it's very much of a consumerist kind of idea about who who this God is, as if it's you know we see him on the on it's it's almost becoming you know this you know this kind of hallmark uh totem you know a santa claus or the easter bunny (laughs) yes exactly i believe that god is an energy i believe that god is inside of us god is all around us um god is not innately good or bad god just is and i Mm -hmm. would say god is an energy God, so God could be a glowing orb of light. Um, I think God sometimes is the sound of a wind chime, yes, blowing in a, off of the tree branches of a tree, yes. So I think that's how I would answer it.
1: Powerful question and an even more powerful answer. And uh, you know, for those of you who don't know what. Hegemonistic means. I'll just put it into my own words. Um, you can take it to the study groups or not. But it, 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 if I were to define it, I would say it's um, kind of like the predominant influence as of a state, region, or group right. o- over another or others. Right. That's that's how I, that's that's how I would define yeah. it. It comes from the Greek hegemonia.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good like. It's a good working definition working definition. we'll call that a working definition yes um as always it's great to hear your comments for all of you guys uh you topics uh listeners out there um we're at um, topics podcast at gmail dot com and uh, we always love hearing from you uh please write to us and tell us how your study groups are going send pictures um Let us know uh, if there's anything uh, we can do to make the study groups a better experience for you. And, and Mike, do you have anything else to add?
1: Not at all. I'm, I'm just thrilled as always to uh, respond to your questions with my answers.
0: Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you.
1: This has been an Earwolf Media Production. Executive Producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com radio The wolf dead.